0: Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Unapologetically You podcast. My name is Amanda Malandrino, and I'm an empowerment mentor, energy healer, and entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you up-level your confidence so that you can speak your authentic truth unapologetically. Unapologetically. Think of this podcast as a homecoming ceremony for your soul and get ready to wake up the innate wisdom that lives inside of you. I know this is going to be a blast, so thank you for pressing play today. Now, let the fun begin. Begin. Hi, guys. So before we jump into today's episode... I just wanted to let you know that this episode comes with a trigger warning because we do discuss experiences of capital T trauma. And as you can tell from the name of this episode, this episode is all about processing and healing trauma with the support of cannabis. So we do talk about cannabis and we also use cannabis in the episode And we do briefly touch on um, disordered eating patterns as well. We don't go into too much detail, but if you are uncomfortable or not in the place to hear about these kinds of topics, I totally respect that. This is just simply to empower you so you can choose if you'd like to listen to the episode or not, or come back to it later. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Unapologetically You podcast. We have such a special guest today. I am so excited to have her here. We have Sydney in the house. You're literally so cute. Hi guys. (laughs) Guys, Sydney is an accredited cannabis specialist. So you know it's going to be a good fucking time. Um, we're about to, I'm about to rip a bee with her live in the flesh and it's going to be a fucking blast, but I just want you to know that this episode is going to really aim to release the shame, the stigma around cannabis and really educate you on the different strains, the different ways that cannabis can help you. Cannabis is just such a powerful tool and Sydney is... I've been following Sydney for over a year now, and I met her over a year ago while we were doing... We were just starting our businesses, which is so beautiful, so I'm really excited to have her here. Oh my god, I'm so excited to be here with you. No, thank you so much. You're literally the sweetest. Like, yeah, like how
1: you said, like, it's almost been... Like a solid year now of just tinkering about with the businesses. And, like, I myself, I know we met right after I got my certification. So I was like, I still had no idea what I was even doing. I was like, where do I start? So, do we yeah. Ever, do we ever yeah.
0: know what we're doing? <laughs> I'm just trying to make it day by day. Like I yeah. <laughs> that's the beauty of that's the beauty of starting your own business is like the experimentation and you as you grow your business starts to grow with you. And like where you started and where you are now, it's been such a beautiful beautiful evolution of seeing you like really hone in on this because I did not know I don't even think that I knew that you were a cannabis specialist when you first started out which is so important and we're gonna really draw on that is like removing the shame and I also love like if you could talk about that like how did you how did you even get here
1: yeah absolutely so honestly uh I got into cannabis when I was, like, 13 years old, full disclosure, no shame, Uh, just because of the fact that, like, I experienced, like, a rather diverse upbringing in regards to, like, intergenerational trauma, Um, and from, like, a young age, I just had a lot of, like, you know, (laughs) traumatic experiences kind of snowballed really young. So, for myself, like, cannabis and I started our relationship as, like, Purely, like, we, I guess, talked about it a little bit before the show and kind of what we wanted to hit on, but like, escapism. Like, for me, I was at a point in my life utilizing cannabis in a form of escapism so that I could survive and, like, you know, like, keep going, like, how we said a little bit earlier, like, day by day, figuring it out as we go, right? So, I think for myself, I, throughout my adolescent years and into my adult years, really struggled with, you know, my love and adoration and respect for cannabis and what it was able to do for me because like more times than not, like I was somebody who, you know, I I was like really deep into like some depression and I had some anxiety disorders. Um, I went through years of self-harm and I had a couple of like suicide attempts. And so it was like that one thing that I kept going back to that was like very much the factor that kept me from having another one of those episodes. So like I've had this love hate relationship of, this plant has done so much for me. It has literally saved my life <laughs> Like in like the darkest times I could have, you know, yeah, really like dark, darkest times I could have experienced. But then also, you know, in my heart of hearts, knowing the truth behind cannabis, knowing it's not this evil, you know, harmful um, kind of drug that we've been sold to believe that it is. So like, there's this big shame that I'm like, Well, I'm really proud of using cannabis, especially because I know people who utilize, you know, not not like I'm some evangelist, some amazing saint because I smoke pot and stuff, other things, but like to me, that was, that's what aligns with me. And like, I've seen other people turn to worse, you know, like, like worse drugs, things that are not natural, or, you know, even prescription drugs that are sometimes more addictive or, you know, more negatively impactful. So like I, for myself have basically gotten here because I went through a long time of trying to say that, like, I knew I wanted to have a business. I just didn't know what it was. I knew I was really, really wanting to help people who were like me, but I didn't know how to do it. And then I also knew that I was really passionate about cannabis and holistic and natural healing. But I just didn't have the confidence to be able to come out and, you know, face that stigma and face the shame and say, yeah, this is, you know, what I do. And this is what I'm proud to do. And I'm still navigating through that. Um, but, you know, I just there's so many people who really need it. And like how you said, especially like, you know, what we talked in a little bit beforehand about the pandemic and how a lot of people I saw so many people through that that were like, this was the last straw for me what am I going to do? I don't know how I'm gonna survive this. And cannabis is where a lot of people turned to not only you know keep going every single day, but it was kind of like a gateway that everybody kind of awoke to that was like, oh wow, this is the first year that we have been deeming something that was literally recently criminalized as a necessity and it's okay for us to go and utilize it. So it kind of gave me hope that like now more than anything is probably the time to come out and to support the breaking of the stigma. Because I think that if I do want to, you know, make difference and help the people I want to help that like now more than ever is necessary time to do that. Long winded, I guess.
0: Oh my God, that was such a great introduction. I totally relate to that. And I feel like, um, you know, during the pandemic, I'm very open about how much I was struggling If you guys want to hear about my experience, listen to the first episode, but, um, I was struggling so much during the pandemic and, um, I've always smoked weed, but I didn't have the relationship with it that that I do now, whereas like you said, the escapism. I felt like I was running away from yeah. something or if I was triggered, then I'd run away or not actually try to understand it, just run away from it and avoid yeah. it. And I wanna talk in more detail about that with you. But first, yeah. let's rip this yeah. beat. Yeah, no yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> proud of you, proud of you, proud of me. <laughs> want to touch on the escapism aspect here i mean in even regards to like the difference in relationships for both yourself and myself that's part of what i do in my like cannabis consulting is after i got my accreditation i basically made it a focus for myself to basically have a uh a, you know, dedication towards showing people that it doesn't have to be a form of escapism. I very much utilize it now as a, you know, uh, I don't want to say like a form of self-therapy, but I will specifically smoke specific strains that I know make me feel certain effects so that maybe, for example, I get the self-care and the downtime that I need and I can utilize that downtime for some much-needed self-reflection, some meditation, some journaling, um, and you know, even through times of like, see for example like you're having like a panic attack or an anxiety attack and you know you just you're not trying to escape the attack but you're trying to acknowledge what's going on to even have it there in the first place what i'll do is i'll box breathe cannabis and i'll basically sit with my anxiety and i'll basically analyze and walk through and i'll say okay well what triggered it like what is happening around me right now to make me feel anxious and I basically walk through that as I'm box breathing to not only bring myself back down to like a calm state and like, you know, relax my nervous system, but so I'm addressing the problem. Right. Rather than like, weirdly enough, a lot of people will say, you know, obviously cannabis can make them like paranoid or over analytical or it can cause them to overthink. And that's kind of like what I love about it is because like I began to rather than like run away from that and fear that and be like, oh, I can't smoke because of that. I utilize it to be like, no, I know I'm going to overthink and be able to have that critical mind that I need and that different higher perspective that I need to go through this thing right now. So let me go through it with a little bit more comfort and ease rather than with all my walls up right so I guess yeah that's kind of so
0: interesting because that's I know lots and that was like me as well and like I used to I I didn't do it for years because I used to always trip out my friends used to always say it's happening so like that was like our thing when I was like tripping out I'd be like guys it's happening (laughs) because I knew that I was tripping out and then like when you start to see like get curious yeah. And also from like a humor perspective and just like when it was happening, it was happening. I used to... Um run away from it and I wouldn't do it for long periods of time because I was afraid of what's happening but I was like not you know very spiritually aware I had zero self-awareness at this time and like now it's like if it's happening and it's like yeah it's fucking
1: 100% have you ever so I'll ask you about that then I know it's your podcast but I want to ask you have you like when it quote was happening have you ever had like an experience that was like otherworldly in the sense of like you weren't necessarily positive of like what was real and what wasn't, or did you ever have like, like any sort yes. of paranoia? Cause like that is what's called. I love to educate people on this because so many, like what you said, so many people have that one wrong experience and they mm-hmm. fuck off for so long and won't touch it ever again. Right. Or for a long period of time. But what that is, is because you cannot, cannot die or overdose from, like cannabis, you just can't, it's not attached to your central nervous system the way other drugs do. What happens is you have an overconsumption of THC, which triggers this paranoia, which unlocks this like plethora of like worldly shit that you're just like, what is going on right now? Because you have such like a heightened cerebral activity that your mind is everywhere all at once and then basically that's where like the anxiety the shivers you know the overthinking the overanalyzing and because people don't know what it is they run away but if you can you know educate yourself and in the moment when you get to what's happening and you say oh oh, this is happening right now. Okay, where's my book? And you get your book and you get your pen and you're like, oh shit. And you just, honestly, it's called automatic writing. I tell a lot of my clients to do it. Like, especially in regards to healing. Like if you're afraid of it, lean into it, go down that thing and like turn on some music if you want and just automatic write whatever the fuck bullshit is coming out of your mouth. I've written down things. Like I hear every sound in the universe. Like, (laughs) I've been off my rocker writing down like, you know, high ass thoughts. But I utilize them to, like, look at the healing afterwards and being like, okay, well, I was obviously very vulnerable in this sense. And I was obviously really happy. So, like, um, like in regards to, like, trying to avoid those uncomfortable it's happenings, top three tips, if I can give you any at all, is have a shower, write it out, or take a nap. <laughs> If you, don't, if you don't want to move through it, those are the three things you should do. But don't run away from cannabis if, if you have one of those experiences. A lot of the times the chirpings, like I help people identify why those experiences happen and to like not hate them, you know, like to move through them, like them, enjoy them. So it's like sometimes if I know, for example, like say you told me that you had that experience and you could recall that when you had it, the flower really smelled like pine. Then the flower would be high in alpha beta pionine, which in some people predisposed to anxiety actually will trigger anxiety attacks. So, if you want to avoid having an uncomfortable happening, you would basically look for flower that didn't have alpha beta pionine in it. So, like, you basically look at the terpenes. (laughs) Yeah, you'd look at the terpenes and be like, oh, this one is alpha beta pionine? Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. So, whenever you come back to Canada, I'm gonna have to take you out to like some dispensaries and show you some shit cause uh yeah they're starting to like list herpes now so I can be like nope anxiety causer go the other way oh my
0: goodness I had no idea (laughs) definitely (laughs) you sold me on that I fucking need that (laughs) that's
1: awesome I love that I love that I
0: had no idea that was so great you're so good at what you do I was not expecting that to come out of your mouth (laughs) (laughs) If I go off, here. you're fucking brilliant. This is more than what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> not, that it wasn't, not that I didn't have high expectations. I knew you were great, but that's like, what? Girl, you're so fucking good at this. Hire her, people. Hire her. Look her up on Instagram. How can they find you? Um,
1: My Instagram is Sydney Alexandra Canna, just because that's like, obviously my names but like canna i thought was cute because like canna can like canna can do shit, you know so i guess it's kind of what i'm trying to show people like yeah canna can and like i get yeah I, I i know what you mean like you didn't expect it because like sometimes i sit down with people and i just i blabber and i spew shit and they're like what the fuck did you just say and i'm like yeah did you know that <laughs> <laughs> Like what the
0: fuck no no to all of
1: the above. Because, like, I've been struggling with my social media because I'm like, guys, this is the thing actually I do use cannabis for. It's, so this is, like, not off-topic trust. But one of the things I like talking about in terms of, like, I know that the podcast name here is, like, Unapologetically You. And, like, one of the things that, like, I am so unapologetic about in regards to cannabis is, like, cannabis makes me feel centered and grounded And, like, calm and clear of, like, the everyday mumbo-jumbo that is, like, mixing me up. And, mind you, there are times when, like, it can absolutely backfire. And, like, maybe I, you know, uh, experience, like, a burnout that, like, really makes me tired. And, like, I had a productive day planned, but I have to take a fucking nap now. Like, whatever. Like, obviously things happen. But nine times out of ten, like... I just mentioned that I'm like struggling with like how I want to show up on social media and cannabis really helps me to like sit there and not only to like reflect on why I'm struggling, like it's definitely got me to the perspectives and the consciousness that I had to be at to understand. Like I'm a very spiritual person. Like you had mentioned, like, you know, prior to your life and yourself, like, you know, getting to this point that you're at now, like you weren't as self-aware, but now you are. Same that has happened for myself. Like I can sit down and get stoned and just have a conversation with myself about like, you know, my traumas how they come up in my life what their what their cycles are looking like how they're constantly like still impacting me and how i move out of them So it's, like, for example, like, uh, one of the things about, you know, struggling to show up on social media is, like, imposter syndrome. Um, You know, what events happened in my childhood that, you know, maybe when I did show up, I wasn't really supported in. Um, And I start – I use cannabis to open up my consciousness to go through those experiences. That might be a little bit more painful, so I avoid doing that in my, you know, regular waking time because maybe it brings up distress or whatever, right? So, like, it's kind of one of those cool things that, like – you begin to start to utilize in order to enhance and, you know, open up to other things. And like, I started to look at why I wasn't showing up. Well, because when I showed up before, like, you know, either I was ignored or I was judged or I received criticism that made me just fearful to open up at all. So now as an entrepreneur and as someone trying to break the stigma and trying to, you know, be, more, you know, uh, I have I have this manifestation that I keep saying in my head. I'm like, I need to be a cannabis mogul. Like, that's what I want. I want to be like a female cannabis mogul. So that's the goal in life. So at one point, maybe my legacy says that. But <laughs> Oh my God. Yes, yes. I see that happening we're, for you. We're manifesting it. We're, we're speaking good thoughts towards it. But like, I know that I'm not going to be able to get there if I have this imposter syndrome. And I know that if I don't have confidence to get past that imposter syndrome, then it's just going to go downhill from there. So cannabis a lot of times helps me feel confident too. I don't know if you maybe experienced uh, self-image issues in the past as well, or even currently, but like I had a huge, before my daughter, huge issue with like just self-image and insecurities again, because of my childhood and you know, my mother and my role model and how she negatively taught, self-talked about herself. And cannabis is such a loving, loving plant. People don't know, but spiritually cannabis has literally been regarded as, like, the release from woe. Like, in the uh, Vedic scriptures, like, people literally revere the plant as one of the five, the sacred plant kingdom that is meant to deliver humanity from woe because it is such a loving and universally uplifting plant. Like, cannabis, not only is it, like, sacred to these certain ancient civilizations, um, but spiritually speaking, astrologically, it's ruled by Saturn. Saturn is my like dominant ruling planet in my natal chart speaking in terms of like astrological influences if you guys uh care to you know dive into that saturn is known as like a very karmic um limit-based responsible mature um zodiac influence uh, and, and planetary influence and so i'm a capricorn sun i'm a taurus moon and i'm a pisces rising but i have Aries with Saturn in my first house of self with Pisces so it's like an Aries Pisces mix kind of combo it's really weird but one of the things that cannabis has really helped for me is I have a lot of trauma and people don't realize that trauma is energetic and it leaves not only physical but emotional and energetic wounds in the long term. And when not dealt with, they just sit there and they fester and they fester until, boom, we are forced to confront them, right? So spiritually speaking, I've started to use cannabis to target like my more sensitive chakra work and chakra balancing and cleansing because it is related to Saturn, which is that very karmic, um, responsible and mature planetary kind of influence. I've utilized that to help me deal with my karmic shit, if that makes sense so um my sacral chakra and my root chakra are just all my chakras <laughs> are clogged the fuck up okay i have no shame in saying I, I have a lot of healing work to do but um specifically my sacral chakra and my root chakras had the most and i literally sat say yeah i literally sat there and i I think you you probably realized like we were going through our chakra modules and as soon as I got to sacral, I was like, yeah.
0: they are the <laughs> toughest, the toughest fucking yeah. roots and sacral are the t- and, and the most important, the toughest to process, but the most important, because if you are not grounded and you're just kind of like, you know heady with it all then you're not going to feel completely connected
1: 100 percent, 100 percent. and so like I basically realized that I was not fucking grounded and I had a lot of emotional shit that just I, as a Capricorn son I just love to shove everything out so I can work on my shit because I'm so focused towards getting away from my shit <laughs> the shit just stays there but I'm like trying to pull it out like you know it's so counterproductive but I've started to utilize cannabis to be like okay, I need this meditation, and I need to be open for this meditation. And, like, I've, I don't know if you've done any work with, like, yoni eggs or any sort of, like, sacral and root chakra, like, a vaginal work, but, like, I specifically tried to target, I specifically tried to target, like, sexual trauma that I had. And what I knew Was, you know, I was struggling with my business and struggling with showing up and struggling with all these things because I had these blockages that I had to address. And it was really, really hard for me to get into a meditation or to even just touch it without breaking into tears and being overwhelmed and saying, not today, you know. So got to a point where I started doing research. And I was like, okay, well, I know that these events transpired and I know they make me feel like this and I know they're inhibiting me from acting how I want to act. So how do I get to that root problem? And how do I start fixing that? So I decided to do, I obviously took my research from my cannabis course and I decided to start looking at strains that would particularly help psychological aspects of anxiety and depression and mood upliftment. So I started looking for terpenes um, as... I kind of touched on a little bit beforehand, but the things that, you know, they, they do have some matter a lot of people think it's just THC and CBD, but terpenes have like some of the most effect to your flower because, um, they basically are responsible for the smell and the taste of your flower. When you get like super skunky or like piney scented flowers, the pinene coming through and like that's found on pine trees. Like it's not, it's not, um, specific to cannabis. Like it's just in nature. These are the terpenes that are on everything that come up in cannabis. And so I know that limonene uh, is one of the best for boosting serotonin production within the body, which is our happiness chemical, and helps to also release dopamine when it's ingested. So it's like we're sitting here, and a lot of people are, you know, talking about like like herbal cigarettes or cannabis or whatever for mood upliftment. But realistically, like I I will I will like shave off some lemon zest and dry it and put it on my cannabis bowls. To get into a meditation, I will put in like my rose quartz yoni egg and I'll start doing a sacral chakra focused meditation like I found that doing that um, not only like allowed me to be elevated consciously to the part of myself that could be able to look at those things but also I was helping myself accept those things and move past those things and feel those things that weren't felt before so that I could leave them in the past and continue on with my future. Right. So uh, a lot of the things I talk about in regards to my cannabis consulting is specifically that I'm a mom and that I have a little girl and I love her to bits and pieces. And my biggest fear is that she experiences anywhere near a similar like kind of childhood that I experienced. And just to put it into your guys' perspective, so I'm blunt, <laughs> my podcast is called Let Me Be Blunt. So let me let me be blunt and unapologetic. Um, my, my upbringing was centered around a single mom who never worked a day in her life because she constantly relied on abusive men uh, that would not only, you know, take advantage of her and, you know, abuse and neglect her, but also obviously did that to myself and... Um, You know, through that situation with her, I was put through experiences of like sexual molestation at a young age and I was put through, you know, being emancipated at 16 and moving out and all of these very, very chaotic, catastrophic, catalytic events that I knew sit. You know, these were very (laughs) emotionally charged uh, events that just sat in my sacral chakra and I did not have it in me as I am to sit there and open those and to go through those experiences again because they were so painful. So I know that by, you know, giving myself a little bit of extra help, you know, making sure it's not through a form of escapism, making sure that it is through a form of actually targeting and addressing the situation.
0: Wow. Okay. I just want to pause for a second and I just want to acknowledge your vulnerability and openness on here. Because sharing trauma, capital T, takes a huge amount of strength. So thank you. And I love you. And I see you. And I know the listeners are also here right now with you being thankful for your openness because it's this kind of openness that serves as a gentle reminder that there are some really fucking fierce female warriors who, like you, Are here to change the world with your story. And Using cannabis to process trauma and make it make fucking sense. Like, how can you make sense of something if you are not even allowing yourself to process it because you're disassociating from the situation? So I think that the way that you're tying this all together is so beautiful. So, can you give us an example of how you ritual with cannabis? Like, how do you use this in your morning rituals and Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that.
1: Oh my gosh, you're literally the sweetest. Like, yeah, I've been able to, through practice, a lot. (laughs) But here and there, I'm able to smoke a bowl, have my meditation, go in, open up that door, and pull out one thing, close the door, and go through that one thing. And then leave, come back another day, open the door, grab another thing, close it, (laughs) come back another day, right? Like,
0: piece by piece. (laughs) So that's, yeah, like... I mean... I fucking feel that so deeply. Come back another day. (laughs) That is so beautiful. And it's like, honestly, listening to this, as I'm high, as I've been smoking weed for like over 10 years, like, I'm learning so much because usually when uh, you hear or especially for me, like when I would get stoned, you'd be like, oh, it's a long day at work. Let me just relax. Let me just smoke a joint, chill out, unwind. Whereas what you're saying is that it's allowing you to open the door to places that you otherwise wouldn't be able to face in your sober life. So it's actually making it a little bit easier For you to face the darkest parts of you that you were perhaps avoiding and also being selective of like, okay, I'm choosing to go in there today or I'm choosing not to go in there today and being selective about, you know, when you're feeling up to it, but cannabis is freeing you from those kind of anxieties and worries about going there in the first place. So you're kind of breaking this cycle. This is so important for the people, especially who are constantly shaming themselves, avoiding parts of themselves. Like if you know that there is another way, and that's what this industry has taught me. That's what my spirituality has taught me. That's what all like what you do, like incorporating cannabis with those like icky, heavy parts of you, so it feels easier to face, and you can actually face it. Yeah, like that is so beautiful. And like I know because the sacral is something I am always going back to. The sacral chakra wounds run fucking deep. <laughs>
1: deep. So deep. <laughs> like my wounded ass like it's literally like my siblings my siblings and I have got two brothers I've got an older brother and a younger brother my younger brother lives with me my older brother obviously does not but it's we have a joke that like I'm the most damaged out of the three but like we all have such severe mommy and daddy issues that it's just like we have like so much emotional baggage that it's like We make dark jokes all the time. We're like, oh, haha, yeah, it's because I'm fucked up. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's because my... Oh, do you remember we have the same mom? Like, yeah, I was there too. Like, some shit like that, right? But, like, no, I really appreciate you saying that.
0: That's beautiful (laughs) that you guys are able to, like... (laughs) bond and dark humor and guys like you're not fucking around like dark humor is what has gotten me through some of the toughest times in my life yeah like if you can't laugh about like really like what the fuck was that
1: yeah no you have to be able to laugh you have okay perspective is everything and that's one of the things cannabis like that's one of the things cannabis has really helped me with is cannabis everything is perspective that's what cannabis does is it gives you a highlighted perspective a higher consciousness Mm -hmm. it takes away the 3d shit and puts you into 5d loving energy and I need a lot of that. I need a lot of that shit in my life. And so oftentimes, even when I'm dealing with like, like for example, if my little brother pisses me off and I know that I'm triggered for absolutely no fucking reason, he, didn't, he did nothing wrong. I'm triggered because of my own shadow work bullshit that I have to deal with. I can easily go out and smoke a joint and calm the fuck down and come back happy and loving and healthy rather than, you know, repeating toxic intergenerational trauma cycles that don't help anyone, right? Like often, and that's kind of why I do what I do is because I was working nine to fives as a project manager. Uh, As you know, I was, I went into chocolate girl business school because basically exiting out of the nine to five life, I was looking to start my business seriously and dedicate my time to that. And it was because of the fact that like, you know, going into this nine to five and you know smoking cannabis you know gaining these higher perspectives it allowed me to realize what i thought was important and what wasn't and it really helped me open myself up to nothing happens to you it all happens for you i mean like like everything is all about perspective right perspective is key everything is always about how you look at things and if i can have a plant on hand as a tool especially as a parent to help me have the higher perspective Especially in times of need I have no shame in that Like I'm a of parent through and through I smoke weed all the time I'm trying to move into edibles because my lungs are hurting But like I will be I will be transparent and say that like Even in ancient Egypt One of the like i I know I've had a past life there and it's like something I'm integrating into my cannabis work now actually is now I'm starting to do like past life meditation regressions with cannabis that are super cool so like one of the things that I know that is, is
0: so cool right? I'm super you want to tell me more about this I want
1: this I will I will absolutely I 100% will but one of the things I learned is that like through synchronicity universe is always talking to us And cannabis helps me be more aware of these messages that the universe is sending me so that my perspectives are in alignment with my highest evolution, etc. And when I went to school, I knew that cannabis was already present in ancient Egypt, but I did not know that they used it how I used it. Being a cannabis parent, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I was not it was not planned and i was not certain if she was going to like if i was going to keep her essentially just because of the dynamic between her father and i we had very different stances i wanted to keep her in at the time that he didn't and that's just just how it was and so for myself Mm -hmm. already smoking recreationally i was smoking for like the first six weeks of my pregnancy didn't even know i was pregnant with her and then you know i had to come to terms of Uh, this escapism, am I going to smoke weed now to escape this awful situation that I found myself in of complete conflict and like chaos and then to see what happens or am I going to stop and like pick a, pick a path and you know, like am I doing this or am I doing that? And then, you know, kind of go from there. So for that lingo period of not knowing what I was going to do for about the first, first trimester. Yeah, probably the first whole trimester and then a little bit into the second I was smoking cannabis for my anxiety and the depression that I was like, I was convinced that if it wasn't, you know, (laughs) I was like, I wanted my baby from the get go. And I was convinced that if it wasn't going to be, you know, my anxiety that got her, it was going to be either like whatever he decided. And then I kind of made that decision. I was like, one day I got stoned and I was like, you know what? (laughs) I was very pregnant with her. And I was like, no, no, And I just felt like this almost, like, sacred connection. It was, like, this very, very high experience. Like, I'm not trying to discount it, but it was a very high experience where I, like, felt a sacred connection. I felt this very mothering connection. And I was, like, this is what's meant to happen. I'm where I'm meant to be. My baby's where she's meant to be. We are safe. I'm safe. I'm going to take care of her. She's going to take care of me. Like, I am able to do it. I'm going to do it. And I basically just saw after that evening where it was going to be. And I was only able to get to that vision because I had smoked weed and saw that vision, if that makes sense. So after she was born, I basically, again, kept smoking to basically evaluate what parts of my intergenerational trauma were coming up, especially in my postpartum, because the anxiety from that was ridiculous. Um, So many moms especially like moms who were like medicinal or recreational users before pregnancy, stop thinking that they're going to detriment their baby or stop because they're shamed of what people will think of them. The best yeah. thing I have clients who are pregnant right now that I consult through cannabis medicine, the best thing you can do, mm-hmm. my personal opinion, obviously there's going to be people who disagree with me, but is that you consume cannabis while you're pregnant? Not obviously for the full entirety, but for at least some of it, my daughter has, no health issues. She is a fucking genius. She's been talking since before she was even one years old. She is beyond advanced. She and other of babies like her, there's like this reoccurring theme that moms are seeing now that whether it was they were smoking while they were breastfeeding and they were getting the endocannabinoids from mom's breast milk or they were getting it through mom when she was obviously inhaling or eating um edibles as you know she was carrying the baby they're seeing that these babies are now coming out as really advanced they're really independent they're really smart they're really hands-on and they start things earlier and now this conversation is coming into the medical field and the holistical like holistical at least medical kind of like i guess community where it's like okay well is it really bad for pregnant moms or not? And in ancient Egypt, through my studies, I learned that it made sense because my intuition was telling me for so long that like, no, like, you know, things are not always as they seem as what the government tells us and stuff like this. And it turns out ancient Egypt, not only did they use it for during their pregnancies, but they used it in active labor through honey salves to help with the pain and the actual active birth of pushing as well. And they also used it as a natural uh, anesthetic, as well as postpartum support for mom and baby through the breast milk, because endocannabinoids that basically you know are created within our bodies because we all have an ECS system, which is why cannabis is so good for you. ECS is basically the system that is responsible for maintaining the regulatory, like the regulation of balance or homeostasis in the body. So every single system the balance of that system is dependent on the health of the endocannabinoid system within the body. We create endocannabinoids naturally, but phytocannabinoids that you find in cannabis basically help to enhance as well as supplement a lack or a deficit of endocannabinoids within the body, which is why, not to get like you know into that whole spectrum, but I try to have no shame as a canna parent now, and I try to help advocate for it now because not only am I seeing what the benefit was for my daughter and for my health during that insanely awful fucking experience, truly. Like I love my daughter, but the entire thing made me never want to have another child again because of just A to B how awful it all was. Mind you, there was awful, like to put into perspective, when I found out my daughter, I was pregnant with my daughter and not trying to attack him at all but dad wasn't on board my family members were not on board I didn't tell my family until like the later half and then both I had two family members pass away when I was about to announce that I was pregnant and then didn't and then right when those family members passed away my mother had like this full-on breakdown that made her even more incapable of taking care of my little brother so I took him into my care at that time while having to you know deal with that mess There was court proceedings throughout my entire pregnancy with my mom and my little brother where I was constantly afraid, like, is he going to be going back there? Is he going to be staying with me? And all these weird dynamics that made it chaotic. But the fact of the matter is that if that taught me anything is that it is even more important to be doing what I'm doing now because people like me exist and it's okay for us to utilize and to lean on cannabis when it is for our health and healing And it's not gonna fucking end us, it's not gonna end the world, it's not gonna hurt ourselves and our family members or our children, and like, to look at all of the evidence and all the history that's just been wiped clean, it makes you think, well why? Why is it so censored? Why was it stigmatized? Why is it still criminalized in some places but legal in other places? And sometimes, you know, someone might be, you know, put in jail for a possession charge and maybe the other guys let go. You know, it's all these, like, things that come up that I'm like, all these things that don't align with me, that don't align with cannabis, that I'm just like, someone out there somewhere is gonna start talking about them. And if it has to be me, I'm gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna take me a long time to do it. But at least I got to start doing it because, like, for all the chaotic shit that I've gone through, yes. parenting, that. yeah, like, parenting, was like, oh, my God, that was <laughs> like, parenting and, like, childhood trauma and chaotic life events and COVID-19 and the, the world ending all of the time. Like, honestly, cannabis to me is just, you know, cannabis work in general to me is about elevating the consciousness back to where we're supposed to be, back to where we were before plutocratic powers decided to take that away by criminalizing it in the first place. And if anybody doesn't know what I mean by that, I mean, literally, I can't say it more, but cannabis is, in my humble opinion, like the key to our healthy, happy, sustainable future for everybody. And we were very much on track for that happy, healthy lifestyle about 150 years ago when cannabis and hemp were being utilized for cars, for plastic, for fuel, Um, all these things that have now very conveniently been swept under the rug because it was criminalized under the war on drugs because Nixon decided to attack the war on drugs and basically banded marijuana in with that. The funny thing about that is that he wasn't like banning marijuana in because it was a drug. It was because that was most popular among the minority groups that were coming in from Mexico and as well as in the more marginalized and segregated communities of like African-American people. So he wasn't initiating a war on drugs for like the the health and safety of like the overall population of America. It was very much like slavery is still alive and well. It, it literally lives within the prison systems in America. It is... It is gross um, and not a lot of people want to talk about it and the only reason why I bring it up now is because it just shows like this, this like crazy system that has to be addressed through cannabis and the only way to address it is by having conversations like this with people like you who are open to having the conversations, who want to hear, who want to learn about it more, who are open to other ways, new ways, ancient ways, right? It's crazy, because like we could definitely be living a completely different life, um, but there are powers in place that don't want that to happen, and that's why I think the work that I do is really important, because I'm hoping that you know by having this education shared and more readily available to larger masses of people, maybe that will create a movement for some change that they can't really ignore, right?
0: Okay. So I want to know, I bet everyone else is thinking the same as well. What do you think the big difference is between when you're smoking it and when you're eating it? Which do you prefer? Okay. So personally, (laughs) I'll
1: actually give a good response to this. Okay. Trust me. So I have for years loved inhalation methods because of the instantaneous effect that you're allowed to get. With inhalation, it takes anywhere from two to five minutes to enter your bloodstream. With digestion, it's anywhere from 30 to two and a half hours. The difference as well is the fact that through digestion, your body and the acid that it hits in your stomach actually has a different chemical reaction than it would if you're inhaling it. What happens is when you light cannabis, it is in raw form, THCA, but when you light it, it burns off the A and it turns into THC, which is the psychoactive, um, impairing cerebral effect of cannabinoid. Okay? Then when you digest it, you're consuming the THCA, which is not like getting activated by the heat. It's getting activated by a chemical compound reaction in your stomach. So it is digested differently and it hits differently. Some people say that because it is digested differently and it also lasts longer, not only is the high effect longer in terms of time and duration, but it is also more profound in effect of like, oh shit, like I'm really couch locked now. Like you could smoke an indica That you know, Indica is in the couch and it could be really couch locking and you can feel like sedated, like maybe you want to go cut up on the couch and watch Netflix, but then you could eat, let's say, for example, edibles made from that same strain, but you would not fucking make it to the couch to watch Netflix. You'd be passing out in bed and going to sleep for the night, right? Like maybe you have some giggles up the stairs, but you're going to bed. So like (laughs) I think that um I think I I think in terms of health for my lungs. I think I have a preference for edibles, Um, but I think a lot of people, especially in Canada, are intimidated by edibles because they do come on so much more profoundly. And in regards to our regulatory bodies, we're only allowed 10 milligrams of THC per package right now, which for some people could be just right. But for other people like myself who are more um, regular or seasoned users, it's really shitty because you're just wasting a lot of money on edibles that are not even that that good because they're still up and coming um that have such a low doses you, you don't really feel anything so to be scientific with it my recommendation to any and everyone <laughs> is that uh, inhalation methods should only be used for like you know maybe socially when you're out and about and you want to have a good day have fun once in a while cool okay cool but secondly when you have pain management or even mental health management that you need help with right away inhalation is going to be the best method for you to get Instant help, okay? Digestion is what you want to follow up with to have prolonged health. And especially because of the fact that, for example, I, I say for my clients who are like female and who experience like really heavy, horrible periods, what we'll do is we track cycles and the first, uh, normally maybe second, but the first to second day before she actually starts her cycle, and she's kind of starting to see and experience that, yeah, she's getting that cramping, that lower back pain. Maybe she's getting her headaches. What we do is we get onto her protocol of inhale. Uh, it's, we do inhale, ingest, and intake, which is uh, topical. So she will inhale in the morning for immediate relief. She will ingest right when she's inhaled something like an edible that most of the time, like my clients make their own edibles at home and I help them do that as well. But just because what you get on the market um, is I, it's like you're, tra- you're sacrificing trust through the government like products and their regulatory bodies through the dispensaries for like the amount of THC. Uh, and when you go through edibles or you're sacrificing trust for the higher THC on the black market. So I always say, what you should be doing is buying your flower in the THC quantities that you want, decarboxylating it at home and making your own edibles for it. Um, But basically she or they will eat um, their edible after their inhalation has worn off. So by the time the inhalation of about an hour to two hour window is wearing out, that edible is just kicking in. So she's got the support throughout the day if she has a long day at work on her feet and she knows she's gonna need it for those cramps. She's got the edible kicked in, ready to go. And then we follow up that edible with a topical. So either a cream or a gel that is also cannabis-based that has THC in it. So it helps with pain management because people sometimes get twisted. They think that, you know, yeah, THC is responsible for like getting you high, but really nothing else. THC is actually there to increase appetite help with pain it's also going to be one of the key factors in like your cerebral effects but it is the key factor for pain management if you take cbd for pain nothing will happen cbd is for inflammation and for mood and effect for analgesic behaviors like anxiety it's a natural analgesic which means that it helps to calm anxiety so They have what's called the entourage effect. When you take THC and CBD together, they complement one another and can enhance one another's effects on the body. When you take basically more THC than CBD, you get more of the THC effects and vice versa, more CBD than the THC if the other way is around. So I think that if you're trying to have fun, inhalation is the fastest, the best, and probably most convenient but it's going to hurt your lungs. (laughs) I say this as somebody who, I say this as somebody who has asthma. Don't get me twisted. I have
0: asthma too. Yeah. I I have asthma
1: too. I love, I literally love that. I'm like, don't get me twisted. I absolutely love my cannabis because people think that if they have asthma, they can't smoke. I have not had an asthma attack in the 10 years that I have literally been smoking cannabis. Okay. Okay. It is actually really funny because people don't know that cannabis actually helps respiratory diseases uh, and like infections and stuff yes, like that. People have no that idea. It changes
0: everything.
1: It, yeah, it's really phenomenal. So that people actually utilize cannabis for asthma back in ancient times. And so yeah, I I laugh because I'm sitting here saying it's bad for your lungs, but also it's really good for your lungs, but like no, it's <laughs> it's everything within moderation everything has has to have a rhyme and a balance if you need to smoke today but you're you need a break tomorrow fucking take the break and make some edibles for like a week so that you get that break and then you can smoke again whatever but like i think that's my long-winded answer is i have so many different moving pieces that i'm like "Mm, uh," you know yeah Yeah. also edibles are so
0: much fun they are. I've ha- I've had some good experiences, but I've also had some bad experiences. Wow. So do you think that the same explanation you gave when it happens would it be the same? Would it be the same for an edible? Yeah. So same
1: applies. So when that it happens, I explain it as going to Pluto. I have had experiences where I'm like, I'm in fucking space right now. Universe doesn't exist. I don't exist. What is this? I'm going to Pluto because um, it's the farthest away in our solar system. So anyway, I yeah, I would say it's the exact same. Literally the exact same turnout. Like you have an overconsumption, but basically the thing about all forms of cannabis is to go low or sorry to start low and go slow. People always think that like, especially with edibles, you probably can relate to this. It, oh, it's so small. Like I can take another bite or, Oh, like I'm not feeling it right now. And it's like a 45 minute, like, you know, time has passed since you've taken it. It's not hit yet. And then they take a little bit more and then it hits all at once. And like, fuck, like, <laughs> I, I think that <laughs> it's super important <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. Uh, it's super important to go low and to go slow, especially with edibles, because like you said, that like that it's happening will happen. And there's people who go to the ER because they're just fucking they're bugging out. And I'm not kidding you guys. If you go to the ER, all they're gonna do to you is like, hook you up with fluids so you don't get cotton mouth or like dehydrated. And they're just gonna let you sit there and write it out. That's it. That's all they're gonna do. They can't. They, <laughs> they can't do anything else. They, you need to go home and have a nap. So save yourself the fucking trip. <laughs> go home, have a fucking nap. Get have
0: a shower. <laughs> There's one more thing. God, I don't want this conversation to end. It's so fucking good. Um, one more thing I wanted to talk about is how, first of all, how incredibly transparent you are on Instagram. Guys, go follow her on Instagram. Um how transparent you are about your journey to be where you are today and how cannabis has helped you get here and to be who you are. And something you spoke about recently, um, of course, if you're comfortable talking about it on here, is how cannabis helped you get your appetite back after you struggled with a borderline eating disorder. Absolutely. You talked a bit on Instagram about how you had zero appetite As a result of stress, anxiety, and of course, your trauma that you've um, kindly and strongly talked about on this episode, could you share with us how cannabis helped you overcome that? So that's exactly what I'm
1: dealing with right now. I, uh, like I mentioned before, had a lot of childhood trauma and anxiety related to those events. Particularly also the self-image issues came from seeing my mother, you know, question me. Do I look good? Me, yes, of course, mom. You're so beautiful. No, I look like fucking shit. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. And so a lot of, you know, my... I thought I for sure had like an eating disorder. I I still am at the point where I'm like, no, it's just my relationship that I need to mend. But, um, a lot of, as you know, a lot of what I talk about on my, like on my cannabis page on Instagram is the fact that I struggle with eating and that I utilize cannabis to help me have that appetite. Um, I would first off start by saying that the trauma and the anxiety that triggered my inability to eat came on suddenly and unexpected. It was not slow, it was not like uh, a gradual thing that I just realized one day. Uh, The exact event that occurred that was the trigger for me was the fact that, uh, as I mentioned briefly before in the episode, my little brother is in my care. My little brother came into my care because of two traumatic deaths that occurred in my family, which had my mom, who was already a really abusive person with her own trauma uh, and a drug abuser, basically spiral out of control even more so. Right. So what had happened was I went head to head with the biggest figure of my childhood trauma and abuse of my life. Right. Uh, In court for months and months and months on end fighting for the safety and the health and security of my little brother. I ended up being awarded guardianship and parenting of my little brother full time. And so I'm the only person on the planet right now that has say over him until he is his own independent at 18. And what exactly had happened was I prepared to go through the trial, the very end thing. We had months of court trial after reschedule after docket appearance after mediation after this after that and finally we came head to head with a 10-day trial that would find her either incapable of taking care of my little brother and awarding me or would find me outlandish and award him back to her and before we had even started the trial she walked into the courthouse armed up like I know my mom to be and, like, by universal fucking power, literally, like, I, I attribute this to my baba who's passed, her mom, so thank God. Um, Like, a change of tune, like, within seconds. Like, she went from being hostile and being, like, Would you luck to let's talk before we start the trial. So it was supposed to be 10 days. And it was not even 20 minutes. She basically relinquished And just agreed to everything because she didn't want the evidence and everything that I had to come out in the trial uh, to be put against her because truthfully she was going to be charged for some pretty grotesque things. Um, So we came to the conclusion that my shit would be put aside and her shit would be put aside as long as she could agree to have Nicholas reside in my care. And for the foreseeable future, he was going to be protected under me because I've been not to like toot my own horn is not trying to sound conceited, but I've been the only person who's cared for my little brother since he was born in the sense of like really having his best interest. Um, And so what happened was I walked out of that courthouse that day and like the judge, when he had heard our conclusion before we had even opened trial had looked at me and he was like, he's like, I can't tell you how this trial would have gone if it was the full 10 days, but I can tell you right now that what your mother did was the best decision for herself because I don't think she was going to make it past those 10 days. And he just thanked me for basically what I was doing. And then he basically nodded at my mom and said, like, that was the right decision. Because like she had had some warnings and she was caught for lying and there were so many things that she was going to get into a lot of deep shit if she continued on. Right. And walking out of the courthouse that day, it wasn't like, um, it wasn't like, it it was so uncatalytic if that made sense. It was like years of this emotional trauma and all of this physical abuse And all of these things that I had carried around all this emotional baggage and hurt from just got literally brought up to her face. And then she basically just said, I'm not going to look at that. I'm just going to admit that I was wrong. Let's go the other way. And by her doing that, it kind of confirmed for me. And it kind of had me feel as though, like, at least even though she wasn't admitting it and apologizing for it. Her conscience and her actions showed me that she was guilty, and everyone else knew she was guilty, and everyone else could acknowledge what I had gone through, and even, like, I had spent three days on trial, on stand, reliving, rehashing these painful experiences. So, I think, short-winded, I know you said you wanted this to be very brief, but this was a very... No, no. That, <laughs> this was okay. a very weird... You're doing so well. It was a very, was a very weird event that triggered my anxiety that made me unable to eat. And the reason why I say this is because all of these things, all this trauma that was about to be unleashed that day and, you know, validated, didn't necessarily get that, but was still validated. But the issue was I had been in fight or flight for so long, waiting for that trial, waiting for the day that my mom and I would go head to head. Um, I always kind of not, I don't want to say fantasize, but I always had these premonitions as a young child, as a young teenager that, you know, I was going to be her karma and she was going to fucking have to learn one way or another how to be a parent and if that was through me or not. And what happened was as soon as that day occurred, fight or flight shut off. And all of the anxiety that I had thought was just gone, that had been distracted for so long, came right back up to the surface and said, no, bitch, I'm still here and you need to deal with me. So I had basically distracted myself and thought that I was healing my anxiety for so long. When really, because I was in all of these catastrophic events still, my anxiety was just on the back burner because I was on flight or flight. So when that shut off, and I got this validation that, yeah, I experienced a fucking shitty childhood. I am doing the right thing by having my little brother. And she's not going to be able to hurt anybody anymore. That gave me the space I needed to acknowledge all this other shit that had to be acknowledged.
0: <laughs> you know? So
1: mm-hmm.
0: what happened was it was... That's not something easy to do that takes time. Yeah, exactly. A lot of time. That A lot of love. So... That's incredible. Yeah.
1: Right. It was wow. it was yeah, it was a lot of shit, but I didn't realize it would come out in my eating. And what happened was it started very faintly where um maybe I was working. So because I was working, I was distracted. I was too distracted to eat. And I felt the hunger pains, but because, you know, I was busy and I had to do this because I was stressed out that if I didn't do this, like maybe I'd fail or you know not be able to show up for my family. Um, you know, I just put off those hunger pains and then it got to the point where even when I was hungry and even when I did have hunger pains, food felt awful in my mouth. Um, and I would throw up what I was eating or, you know, even the water I would try to get down, it would come back up because I had gotten into this vicious cycle of focusing on all of these other things before focusing on myself and my health. Right. And so, This snowballed into me being forced to realize that that not only is the pattern in my eating, but it is the pattern in every aspect of my life. And that is what I take as the lesson is, you know, like um, anxiety is uh, this big, scary monster that is not there to hurt us. It is there to say that something is wrong and we need to work with it to make it better. And so while my anxiety was inhibiting me from eating, it was making me aware of the fact that I was unable to feed myself because there were so many things I was neglecting to look at that had to do with myself because I was so focused on external shit. So it's like, because the topic of me for me had been something I struggled with in my childhood. It is now coming up as another issue that universe wants me to address and deal with. And the way it's showing me that is through my appetite. And the reason why I think that it's like really something a lot of people don't realize is a lot of women specifically A lot of people, a lot of my friends even, have experienced exactly the same thing I'm talking about, where they didn't really expect it, it just creeped up on them, and now they think they have an eating disorder because they can't for the life of them eat food. I had a girlfriend of mine this morning who texted me, and she said it's been 36 hours since she's last eaten, accidentally, because she didn't have an appetite. These things are not normal. These things are trauma responses that are sticking around because anxiety is still running rampant in that part of life that we have chosen to avoid and ignore because it's painful. So what I do with cannabis is, um, what I do with a couple of things in particular to lack of appetite and anxiety inhibiting the lack of appetite, just not even about lack of appetite, quality of life is right on the onset of a really bad anxiety attack. Or even when I feel I know I need to eat but I don't have the appetite because the anxiety is in the back of my head. I will start to basically use that as an opportunity to do some self-reflection Like I said, maybe I smoke or maybe I have like a bong hoot and then I, you know, I reconnect to the part of myself and my childhood that I really enjoyed, particularly in relation to food. So, you know, I've had some clients who... Maybe for them, they didn't like cooking or baking, but they absolutely loved their babas or their guidos, like pumpkin pie or something like that. And so we've decided that, you know, when we have fun flavors that are associated with pumpkin, they enjoy their food more. It's more nostalgic for them. It's more enjoying and they, they want to eat it. They want to engage. And especially when you're high, everything tastes better. So they're not only able to, you know, let their creativity expand with that and enjoy that and enjoy that part of their childhoods, but they're fueling their bodies they're getting that food into their systems and they're surpassing that anxiety that told them that they couldn't. And that's basically what I do with myself is um, when I know I can't eat, uh, I, will, <laughs> I will, for one, make myself creatively interested in the food. So if I have to make it look aesthetically pleasing or if it has to be extra or if it has to feel fancy or have cool ingredients or you know, home-raised ingredients in it or whatever, whatever I have to do to it to make it enticing to me in 3D, And then when I elevate myself into 5D with my cannabis, I'm able to then basically reevaluate why I really enjoyed that. Now how I can enjoy it in terms of how it's feeling my body and how to incorporate that into the future. Cause like I've had times when I have absolutely no appetite at all and I'll put something into my mouth and it just feels fucking awful. And then I will go outside and smoke and then go right back to that thing and inhale it into my mouth because I was so hungry, but I just had a blockage there. And then I acknowledge that blockage every single time when I can't eat like because of my anxiety and I have no appetite, I acknowledge it. I say, I know I need to fucking treat myself well. I know I need to fuel my body with healthy food. I need to start taking care of me first and foremost. And it's like an affirmation I have to keep repeating to myself because I have such a bad habit, as I'm sure a lot of other people do. Where they want to escape, they want to dissociate, they want to focus on whatever it is they have to focus on that isn't themselves, because ourselves has a lot of shit to deal with. <laughs> so, right? Yes. So that's how I see a lot of like these eating disorders and, and borderline eating disorders coming up a lot is by these anxieties that are going unaddressed. People don't even know what the anxiety is doing until it's gotten to that point where they can't ignore it anymore. It's plain in the face. They've lost weight. Their hunger is insane they're concerned about the amount that they're literally projectile vomiting because they are not even eating anything but stomach bile is what's coming up. right? Like these are the things that I help people to identify and to stop before it gets too serious because I went to the hospital because I thought I was developing an eating disorder. I got to the point where I couldn't keep anything down. I wasn't eating and like the little bit of water I was drinking was literally coming back up. And I went to the hospital. And they basically told me, and I cried because that's the relief that I needed to hear. But she just looked at me, and it was the validation that I needed, my soul needed. But she was like, I don't think you have an eating disorder. I think you have a lot of anxiety that's coming up, and you don't know what to do with it. She's like, I think that you need to take care of yourself, and there's so much to take care of that you don't know even where to begin to know how to do it. So, like, when people, like, there's a lot of shame to... You know, when people see you maybe waking and baking um, and people think, oh, they're a fucking stoner. They're doing nothing with their lives Look, they're smoking first thing in the morning. I'm trying to really eliminate that shame because that is how someone gets through the day. That's how someone fuels their body. That's sometimes what people like. Maybe you need your coffee to wake up and go to work. But I need this cannabis to literally eat food so that I'm not like dying on the inside. So I try to basically just, you know, build that kind of confidence in people, especially with eating disorders because, or even yeah, borderline, because I'm, I'm, I'm that person I'm there with you. I, you know, even if it's at like a function and like, you know, or maybe I'm going on a date or without with friends, I will be unapologetic. And I'll say, Hey guys, I am dealing with this. I'm not able to eat unless I smoke weed um, this is where I'm at. I don't mean to offend you guys. If I need to smoke first and then meet up with you, that's fine. If you want to have some with me, that's cool too. But I just want to communicate and let you guys know where I'm at so that you're not confused when I come to dinner and I smell like weed or I'm stoned or whatever. And nine times out of 10, people will be reciprocating. And of course, they're understanding, especially if you have a good, healthy like friend group. But it's the people, you know, that are strangers to us or that are our neighbors or that are not very close that like it's almost like it's these people that we're trying so hard to impress the most that like that's what's self-sabotaging our health and our healing right it's like we want so badly to fit into these positive perspectives of others that we are negatively impacting ourselves through that right so maybe i choose to not go aside and smoke this morning because my elderly neighbor Nancy is, you know, picking her flowers and I'm sitting in my house with my food going cold, not fueling myself because I can't eat because I'm afraid of what Nancy's gonna think of me. That sounds pretty fucking funny when I say it out loud. Right? Like that and that's and that's kind of the funny thing, right? It's like that's what anxiety is. It's like this ego that we just have to squash and we have to analyze and walk it through and be like, does that make sense? Should I really not be waking and baking right now because I'm afraid of what Nancy's going to think? I think I deserve health and healing. I'm going to go feed my body now, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, honestly, the way that you just said that, I'm seeing like this, like, human side like your 3d human side and then when you're high you're just like in the 5d you're seeing that you're like the observer you're like over here and you're like you're a fucking idiot really nancy out of all people
1: like nancy and like that's the thing too is like you'll appreciate this okay i know for a fact you'll align with this but what cannabis does for me This is first and foremost, like, of course, yes, life-saving, healing medicine, like, life-changing, okay? Cool. (laughs) Cool. But (laughs) smoking cannabis and taking cannabis in any form is what's taught me that regardless of your religious or spiritual perspectives, it's brought me closer to the beliefs that make me feel at home and the most loving and five-dimensional in regards to the fact that I can acknowledge... That I I can love myself and say, like, come on, like, let's not do that. Like, we're not going to care about what Nancy thinks because, like, you know, rather than being like, oh, no one cares about Nancy or whatever. No, it's going to be Nancy is just me in another fucking body. She's just another portion of source energy and experience living out her humanly life. I'm living out my humanly life. She's going to have her perspectives that I am not responsible for and I have no way of controlling. And I'm going to have mine. And so it's kind of brought me to like this halfway point of like I'm kind of starting to dip my toes in, into this unparalleled confidence. I'm almost there almost.
0: But it's like, you know, <laughs> that's such a big that's such a big thing to do because like no, and, and when you actually talk yourself and give yourself the facts, yeah these are the facts we have. Yeah. This is what we know to be true. And when you're actually coming at yourself from like, well, what's actually true. And then like, when you actually come from that angle, you're like, well, that's not fucking true. Exactly. And like, or just like, it's okay to have different opinions. Yeah. And everyone else, that's like compassion. 101. Yeah. is like compassion for yourself and compassion for others. That like Nancy, Maybe she's gone through some shit. We don't know Nancy's perspective. But like, it's not our job to explain our reasoning behind doing it. And it's okay if she doesn't understand. Imagine mm-hmm. how honestly great our world would be if like we were that compassionate. Where it's just like, I respect your opinion. Yeah. I respect your opinion. And here's mine. Really? And we're safe to be in exchange. And just <laughs> is yeah. that
1: too much to ask yes, and for? that's that's the best thing about <laughs> cannabis that's why I think I've like I've chosen it as like my niche right now It's because I'm like cannabis is is that you know it's in my if everyone smoked weed life would be different of course but like that's what it is you know it's love it's compassion it's acceptance it's healing it's it's medicinal and like you said like to be completely honest I know for a fact like my neighbor's Um, it's funny because like when I go out to smoke my bong at nighttime, he'll be out there drinking his drink. And I've, I am a respectful person in regards to like, I know of course that not everyone is going to enjoy the smell of cannabis smoke or want smoke in their face or secondhand. So I always ask him like, Hey, like, do you want me to go over here? Like, I don't want to offend anybody. And he's like, Oh, he's like, fuck. He's like, you've got your advice. I've got mine. He's like they're both criminalized at one point anyway, cheers. And that's it. Right. And so it's like nine times out of 10, your anxiety telling you that you shouldn't do it because of whatever else has to be pushed aside because if you're smoking cannabis or you're eating cannabis for your health, it's the anxiety that's telling you that you're going to be shit on and you, uh, you should feel this shame and this guilt. Like, yes, it's out there in society, but if you don't accept it and you work towards diminishing it and educating and just being confident with it rather than being shy or, you know, um, you know, maybe even like passive with it, it's just going to open up more. It'll open you up. It'll open the world up, right. It'll open up yourself to so much more opportunity for your healing because like, you're not inhibiting yourself based on what others are thinking. Right.
0: There's been so many helpful tips that you've shared on here. Like things that I did not even know fucking existed. Like this is a whole other world. And like, you know, I've used cannabis for countless reasons. And like, when you're, you just showed that you're more, you're more you when you're high.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 100%. Like, I love that you just said that because like, as, as you know, as society may hate to hear you say it, it's true because you don't have the confines and the implications of this three-dimensional living we've been forced into. We are not, We are third-dimensional beings, but we do not want to stay third-dimensional. We are supposed to evolve and get out of that and to experience Mm -hmm. what we came here to experience. And how are you supposed to do that if you're staying three-dimensional all the time? You've got to elevate that consciousness, right? Yeah.
0: Even if it's like after I've experienced the high you know what it's like that it's like if you can do healing at that level I feel like you're just going to be showing up and healing in in other ways and like then you won't need to even worry about it and it's just I think it's incredible and I think that do you have a course or anything that like I want people to know more you have to create a course on this like a whole fucking (sighs) like I I know I think you could create a whole course just on like integrating cannabis with your spiritual rituals
1: yeah okay i actually love that you said that because i've been eyeballing making a course but imposter syndrome is a bitch so i'm like what would i make the course on but literally all of this all of it
0: do not even think about that and this is where you get to like get creative is like you have your own take you have your own experiences you have your own voice like hone in on that rather than being like, oh, well, that person's doing that. So I got to do that. And then I got to do that. And you're going to like compare, just like you have such a unique perspective, like what you just did. I want you to play that back and be like, I'm going to create a fucking course based on this. Like this is like, a, this was so good. Like, honestly, I'm so wow. Like just to be able to explore a different way of being and in your state of being allowing like cannabis to get you there faster in a more like in a way where you're able to observe what it is that you're going through and maybe you don't need to smoke as much, then you realize, okay, I'm cutting down. So maybe I've made peace with that area or whatever it is. like I think it's just such an important tool to have.
1: yeah, one hundred percent. I know there's I know especially in the spiritual community, there's like some debate in regards to you know cannabis and its use. but like for myself and in my experiences, like cannabis has been something that's absolutely helped my spirituality. and I will continue to use it to help my spirituality until I no longer need it, like how you said to help that. And I think it's not even the spirituality itself. it's the health and the healing that comes along with that. Because a lot of people want to think that spirituality is like, you know, wow, I've had my spiritual awakening. I'm enlightened. I'm doing all these things, but like, it doesn't stop there. Like you are awakened and constantly awakening to new things and to new perspectives. And like how you said, if I need, or if I feel the need or the desire to utilize cannabis or just even any natural and holistic alternative medicines or spiritual practices to help my health and healing along, I don't see any shame in doing that because there's people who are using three-dimensional things to just get through the fucking day. So what's, what's the harm in me using this for my, yes, for my evolution, yes. right?
0: Yeah. Yes. This is such an important piece. And like, why wouldn't you want to do that for yourself? And it's like, people are going into work and like, we were, we're not fucking robots. People like allow yourself to explore your human yes. and your divine human to its fullest, yeah, and I think that's what cannabis brings into the, that's how it's just it connects. It's a connector. It's a bridge.
1: One hundred percent. I I will I will definitely I'll definitely say like honestly in my perspective like cannabis is like not only a piece but like higher perspective like a bridge but like I always tend to look at the things that the governments are afraid of. And so whenever I see someone trying to funnel our view towards a specific narrative or away from something in specific, I always question and I always say what's going on here. And cannabis is one of the biggest things that that's happened with. And it happens. It's continuing to happen with a lot of other things. And I know psilocybin will probably be going through the same thing that we've seen with Canadian legalization very soon, because now that conversation is happening again. Well, we've legalized cannabis and psilocybin is very similar. It's another bridge, another gateway, Right. These are not gateway drugs to other drugs and to poor ways of life. Mm -hmm. These were labeled gateway drugs because they are gateways to higher consciousness and levels of living. And people don't want that out because that does not support plutocratic, which is very secular, like specific areas and groups of people that benefit from our demise and our downfall. You and I know that you know (laughs) big pharma makes a lot of money um and we also know oil and gas makes a lot of money we know paper makes a lot of money we know plastics of course all of these things would be like non-existent if cannabis wasn't criminalized and if the science was you know if it went ahead as it was supposed to and if it was supported like it was supposed to So yeah, I think it's interesting that like you know whenever something is saying oh you should hate this or you should listen to us because of this or this is gonna be bad for you, I'm always like oh I remember when you black, I'm like I remember when you like gaslit me about this thing so I'm not gonna listen to you right now I'm gonna do my own research and this empowers you for like other things right like it
0: and I'm like if like oh my god yeah I'm
1: like if they've done this to cannabis if they've wiped away history of cannabis. For their own gain it's not to say they're not doing that constantly for whatever else for any other reasons right so yeah there's that
0: yeah there's that oh my gosh you're so incredible well you gave your instagram handle guys you have to book in a consult with her and that's like one of the things like i do with my clients is like clients oftentimes are like
1: oh what is cannabis consulting and i think it's cannabis consulting but what my consultations are are very much a business focused on healing through cannabis medicine that is combined together. So it's like I educate you on the science, the facts, the history, the uses and applications of cannabis, but in, I, I utilize that to empower your healing, right? So... Your healing could be inner child work. It could be sexual trauma. It could be relationship trauma. It can be intergenerational. It could be self-related. It can be literally trauma, as we know, comes from everything. It's just based on how you internalize it, right? So that's basically what I focus on.
0: Like I am in, sh- I am in awe. Like this was so fucking incredible. Thank you so much, Sydney, for coming on and for sharing your wisdom with us. This was so awesome fucking powerful just informative beyond what i fucking expected like no this my god
1: thank you for having me like literally so really asked me you and, and i was like you bet oh so sweet <laughs> it was so fun it was <laughs> so fun you are so
0: so great thank you so much
1: no thank you girl and honestly too like yeah if we have to do a part two or anything like that we will we'll we'll figure it out but we got
0: honestly like this was just so fucking i have still have so many questions i'm like now i know what to expect for the next one so i feel like part two would be like okay let's talk about that (laughs)
1: let's get into the gritty we covered like most of the bases now so now we'll get specific into it yeah
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you resonated with what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review. If you aren't already following me on social media and would love to soak up more empowering content, follow the Karuna Collective, collective with a K, or visit my website at thekarunacollective.com. I love and appreciate you so much and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.